0: Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone and he said the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders the chief priests the teachers of the law and he must be killed on the third day and raised to life then he said to them all whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them, and when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Kingdom of God." This is the Word of the Lord.
1: Amen. Thanks so much, Chanel. Well, good evening, one and all. It is very good to be gathered here. Good evening to those of you online as well. Thank you for joining us and um, being a part of our service this evening. Um, This is what we call Focus Sunday and it's called Focus Sunday because we as leaders want to allow you uh, to know what we believe God has been telling us as a leadership, the direction we should go for 2021 and what he's actually calling us to do uh, for this year. So our mission statement or focus statement for the church is working with God in transforming people into passionate followers of Jesus Christ. In what we've heard, read this evening, there's possibly two questions that relate to that and two questions which each and every one of us need to actually answer. And the first question is, who is Jesus? And once we've asked that question and established who we believe Jesus to be, then it is, what is your response to Him? We believe that the only valid and true response for a follower of Jesus Christ is contained in Luke 9:23. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me." This will become our theme passage for the year, and we'll expand on this in this message, and no doubt throughout the year. but I don't believe in coincidence, so it, it just so happens that I've started reading a book called "The End of Me," by Kyle Eidelman. And if you'd like a taste of this book, um, I'd like you to go to my profile on Facebook and you'll see this letter that's addressed to me. And the thing is, this idea is, is at the heart of true discipleship. Our lives should no longer be about me, what I want, how I want to live, what I think I deserve, what I want to achieve, my rights. When I give my life to Jesus, it's about putting all of that to death. It's about nailing that to the cross. And then it's about choosing to follow Jesus. And it is literally the end of me as I know me. The last paragraph in the letter that I've just mentioned goes like this. Me, I've let you be in control and sit in the driver's seat, but it's clear you can't be trusted. You keep insisting you know the way we should go, but it always seems to be a dead end. I've looked into some other options. I've decided to begin a journey down a different path it's narrow and difficult and not many choose it but it leads to real and abundant life however and there's no easy way to say this I can't take this path if I bring you along so me this is the end of you let's pray Father God my desire and our desire as leaders of SDBC is to see people grown in faith to see people understand the enormity of who Jesus Christ is and that incredible gift that he gave in coming to earth living fully as a man dying in our place Lord taking our sin upon himself so we could have relationship with you be restored into a right relationship and have life and life eternal so father tonight open all of our ears open our hearts open our minds and help us to hear from you in jesus name amen Sometimes um, it's a bit bad for us to be on stage because we get to talk about what we want sometimes. I've got to tell you, I'm so excited to be involved in youth ministry again. After running around and doing a bit of touch footy with them on Friday, I think they're going to kill me, but um, I'm happy to be involved. And the young people, they're just so full of life, aren't they? They've got this enthusiasm. They have this vibrancy and this sense of adventure and it's really edifying. It makes me feel so much younger again. I feel like I'm about 19 instead of the 35 that I am. But the best thing is without, what? The best thing is that they have this passion and desire to know God. And it's incredible. And I just love that. And there's one girl in particular, we won't name her, but as soon as, as, soon as I start talking about this, there's going to be a whole heap of leaders who know exactly who I'm talking about. But, but this girl, she, she's a little bit hesitant in talking to people. She's a little bit hesitant in asking questions and in particular coming to the pastor and speaking to him. But, but she came up to me And she said is it okay if i ask you some questions and i said yep no worries go for it that's what i'm here for i love questions and she just opened up she doesn't know jesus she's on a journey to get to know him but she's willing to ask these questions and seek truth she wants to know who jesus is she wants to understand the story that we're talking about and i need to ask you is that where you are do you want to know who jesus is do you want to know him more and more do you want to engage with him in such a way that he transforms your life daily is our desire simply to seek the truth about our Lord, our Saviour, our faith and exactly what it is that Jesus' call is on our life. As we consider the direction of SDBC as a whole, there's a whole foundational thing that needs to be established. And first and foremost at the top of that list is, who is Jesus? And you may think this is a joke But I can assure you it isn't. It's a question that Jesus asked of his disciples and it's a question that each of us must must answer. If I was to step off this stage and I was to go around to each one of you individually and say, who is Jesus? How would you answer? And as we approach this passage tonight, there've already been many who have asked this question. Early in this chapter, we have Herod questioning who Jesus is. He has heard all of that is happening. And he makes this statement that he beheaded John the Baptist. So who is this about whom I hear such things? Jesus always has and always will shake the foundations of the earth. He was only a young man by all standards when he commenced his ministry. And yet he had this incredible authority that no other speaker had. His teaching was confirmed through many miracles. And then when there were those occasions, people spoke of where they said they heard God speak directly from heaven to Jesus. And after these things, Jesus travels to Caesarea Philippi and he asks his disciples, who do people say that I am? And you heard me just say that Herod wondered who this was and who was performing such miracles and gathering such a following. But Jesus asks his disciples, who do the crowds say that I am? Now, think about the disciples. They've been present with Jesus and and they've heard the comments after he fed the 5,000. They heard what the people said to Jesus when he uh, said about Jesus as he performed many of the miracles. And again, as people responded to the way he taught with that authority that we spoke of and how often his speaking was backed up with miracles, they'd never seen or heard anyone like Jesus. and what they disciples what they the disciples have heard were things like this must be John the Baptist others say Elijah and others that one of the prophets of old has risen And I love how Pastor Darrell um, spoke about this this morning in our services. And it's not in the Bible, but it rings true for me. Here is Jesus, a young man by all standards, um, performing truly incredible miracles and speaking with great authority, uh, more authority than all of the religious rulers, some of whom are very, very old and been pouring over scriptures their entire life. And here we have Jesus in his 30s how can you, Jesus, be so knowledgeable, so powerful? How is it you speak so confidently with such incredible authority? And the only explanation they could come up with was that one of the prophets had been brought back to life. But that's not what happened. Let's think about us. We gathered here this evening and we gathered online. And it doesn't matter where you are in the world listening to us. Who do you say Jesus is? There are many, sadly even in churches today, who take a very worldly view of who Jesus is. They'll say something like, Jesus was the greatest religious leader, the religious leader there ever was. He lived an exemplary life. He modeled what it was like to live a life of love. And he taught in a manner that challenged and caused people to change. He is unique and incomparable in the depth and level of influence that he had. And although none of that is wrong, it's not the whole truth, is it? If you would answer the question of who Jesus is in this manner, or simply say something similar, or you don't have a reasonable answer, as Pastor Darrell said this morning, get into the Gospel of John. Read that Read a chapter a day. Dig into the Scripture. Ask God to reveal truth to you. Question what is there before you. And then write down anything you don't understand. Write down any questions that you might have for myself or Pastor Darrell. We'd be more than happy to answer them for you. But if you're a true disciple, a true follower of Jesus, He's going to constantly be asking you, who do you say? I am. The disciples at this stage of Jesus' ministry had been with him for about two and a half years and they'd seen firsthand how he lived. They'd seen how he interacted with God through prayer and each of them would admit that there was something about Jesus that was almost magnetic. Remember when he first called them, they were by the sea, they were fishing. And Jesus came upon them and said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they just left everything and followed him. There was something about Jesus which drew them. There was something just that he had this incredible level of influence, that they had this desire to follow him. But did they fully understand who Jesus was? Luke 9 20 says, but who do you say that I am? He's speaking to the disciples. Now, the nation of Israel lived in expectation of the coming Messiah. They believed that he would be a conquering king, that he would come and overthrow the Roman government and and rule and would return Israel to the days of glory, similar to what King David had experienced. And that was their expectation. They were looking forward to that. And so when Jesus says, who do you say that I am? Peter answers... You are the Christ of God. And are those who thought Jesus was one of the prophets incarnated, but Peter's declaration is not about reincarnation, it's about God incarnate. This is God in the flesh. Jesus as God in human form. And we don't have all of Jesus' response in the passage that we read this evening, but if you go across to Matthew 16, Jesus says, Peter, blessed are you as this was revealed to you by God. But did Peter fully understand? (laughs) I don't think so. Jesus tells the disciples not to tell anyone because even though he is the promised Messiah, he is not what they are expecting or waiting for. They're expecting him to overthrow the Romans, just like the other Israelites. And he's not going to be taking the throne and wearing the crown. He came to die. It's a cross, not a crown. That he came to bear and he goes on to say the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and on the third day he will rose again that's luke 9 22 and jesus is headed towards jerusalem and rather than conquering the romans who were there he's going there to die And Peter, with all of his godly insight and wisdom, decides that Jesus is wrong about this. It tells us again in Matthew 16 that Peter took Jesus aside and told Jesus that what he said would happen would never be. He was just like the Israelites. Jesus rebukes him and says, Peter, you don't understand because you have your mind on the things of men, not the things of God. He wanted, Peter wanted Jesus to be this conquering king. He wanted to overthrow the Romans and return Israel to peace. But this was not God's plan at that time. It will happen. It is yet to come, but it's in the future. And Peter is called by Jesus to stop thinking about what he wants, what he believes should happen. And the call for us is the same. If we want to live in full submission to Jesus, if we want to follow Him as we should, then we must deny ourselves. I'm not sure if you've ever noticed this as you read through the Gospels, that it appears that Jesus' ministry changes at this point. He doesn't perform as many miracles after this stage as what he has before, public miracles that is. And although he still does some, some, from this time forward, he focuses more and more on teaching his followers how to be true disciples. He says in Luke 9, 23, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. To deny yourself is not to say no to yourself, Sorry, it's to say no to yourself and what you want and desire. It's to say yes to God. It isn't about giving up earthly things or enjoyment. It's about placing Christ at the center of our lives and declaring that my life is no longer about living for me, but living for God and his purposes. It's about adopting the prayer that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's about praying that each and every day making it our own prayer. Father, not my will, but your will be done. And we also agree with the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples where it says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How is God's will to be done on earth? How is it done in heaven? Well, his word in heaven is obeyed unquestionably. It's perfectly obeyed. It's willingly obeyed. It's unhesitatingly hesitatingly obeyed every creature in heaven is in perfect submission and unity with the father and his will and when we pray that prayer we're saying lord i want to obey you just like that i want to be in full submission to you i willingly deny myself my wants my desires because you know best and i'm going to sacrifice now in order that i can live with and for you We need to reject anything and everything which prevents us from doing what God wants us to do. And we cannot call ourselves followers of Jesus if we're not willing to do this. It's all about taking up our cross. When we read this or think about this, we need to reflect on what it literally means. Those who take up their cross... literally dead man walking and again it says if anyone would come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me it's a daily call Jesus is referring to that commitment to follow him a commitment which means death to self I've said it before and no doubt I'll say it again the Christian life is not an easy life there's pain involved And when we think about death on a cross, it was the most painful, humiliating death that anyone could experience. And so this becomes about choice. Each and every day, we are called to make the choice to take up at our cross. It is a command for every believer. It's calling me again to put to death my hopes, my dreams, my possessions, and if need be, my very life in order to live for Jesus. And this is not for some believers, this is for all believers, it is not optional. Luke 14 27 says, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Jesus has tried to show his disciples that he's going to Jerusalem, that he's going to face judgment, persecution, he will be arrested and he will be condemned to death and regardless of how it is portrayed jesus picked that cross up willingly he offered no protest no defense but he selflessly chose to endure the suffering the humiliation the torture and ultimately death to die in my place And he calls me to do the same. He calls us to do the same. And it goes against our very nature and will to willingly submit to pain and humiliation. But that is the call. There's one encouraging word here. You may not see it as encouraging, but Jesus says, follow me. The call is to to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him. Jesus did it first, and he did it best. He gave the most for each one of us, sacrificing himself. But his call is not one. His call on us is not one that we will do on our own. We are following in our Lord's footsteps. And if we are following him, where is he leading us? Where is he leading us? For whoever would save his life will lose it, But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it we need to accept that we have no choice but to take up our cross as said before but when we do when we willingly give our life to him for his use and his purposes we find we actually save our lives we save ourselves whatever we lose on this earth for christ we have an eternal gain and paul lived this out Philippians 3.8 says, Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. For His sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Think about Paul's life, he'd been beaten three times with rod, five times he'd received lashes, he was stoned, three times he was shipwrecked, he spent an entire night floating in the open sea, he had many sleepless nights, he was imprisoned, he faced hardships, hunger, thirst, he went without food for a long period of time, he was cold, he was mocked, he was ridiculed, he lost his reputation, his wealth, his position and he says, none of that matters, it was all rubbish anyway because I have gained Christ. Paul lost all of his safety, all of his security, all of his comfort by world standards, but he gained Christ. And his conclusion is, it's a fair trade. In fact, it's totally worth it. He believed that he gained infinitely more than he actually lost. And the call on our lives is the same as the call on Paul's life. When we agree to take up our cross, we become willing participants in suffering so the gospel message can be proclaimed through us. We lose our physical life, but we gain a rich and meaningful spiritual life. We become disciples who make disciples. I only have one question. Are you willing to deny yourself take up your cross daily and follow jesus think about the letter me this is the end of you let's pray father god it's a big call And Lord, I want to start by asking your forgiveness when we haven't taken this call seriously. And Lord, I I want to be a disciple of yours. I want to be a follower of yours. I want to deny myself. I want to take up my cross daily. I want to follow you. And Lord, I pray for those gathered in the auditorium and for those gathered at home, that you will do your work in them through power of Holy Spirit, that they will respond to you this evening, Lord that they will sense your presence, that you will speak to them, Lord, and they'll know they've got to make this choice and that they'll willingly commit themselves to you. Father, if there's anyone in this auditorium who doesn't know what it means to follow you like that, will you just give them the guts to come and talk to myself or Pastor Darrell? Father, it'd be so awesome to celebrate someone coming into your kingdom this evening. And Father, if there's someone at home who feels they need to do a work with you, will you just help them to pick up their phones and text either myself or Pastor Darrell. Again, we just love to hear from them. Father, for us as a people, help us this year to be serious about following you, Lord, about being disciples who make disciples. Give us that desire to grow in faith with you, Lord, and help us to commit to those things that you're calling us to. Make us a church and a people who desperately love you, Lord and who love each other, and are just brought together in unity so your name can be honored and glorified in this place, not only by what we speak, by what we sing, but by how we live. Do your work amongst us, I pray, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.